This is the Tea About Bees. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Tammy Cherney, along with Tatiana Tonica-Bonnie, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Tea About Bees, where we discuss the joys and trials of backyard beekeeping. It's Thursday, September 14th, 2023. Thanks for sitting in on today's episode of the Tea About Bees. And as the name implies, we enjoy sitting around with our friends, having a nice big glass of iced tea and discussing bees. And since we are such a small community of individuals, we depend on each of you to help spread the word. So at the end of this episode, if you could like, follow and leave us a five star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Okay, so um, we've been really lucky so far this summer. But robbing season has started happening. Um, I've had some robbing issues happening here at my house, um, even with reducers on. So I'm def I'm definitely seeing some robbing issues. So today I think we're going to talk about, you know, why are we having robbing issues? What happens when you see robbing issues? Things you can do to help with robbing. Um, and we're going to be all about the robbing <laughs> and, pre- right. and prevention. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought we were almost out of the woods because we had so much rain and the bees were just so happy. And then um, because, you know, while I'm treating for mites, I obviously have uh, sugar syrup on there because I had to pull all the honey supers. Yeah. And they really weren't going through it that much. So I was like, okay, there's definitely something else coming in because everyone needs to know. If they have a source of nectar coming in by nature, they're really not going to touch the honey, um, the syrup. sugar syrup. Yeah. yeah. That's not their preference. No. They'll, they'll go into it for two reasons. One, if they're building their house. So you would have like a brand new hive being set up bees, even if you're in, oh, you want to have that syrup on because bees are going out, they're bringing stuff in where to put it. So the bees at are home will be building the cells. So yeah. You'll see it like that. And then three. Um, is obviously when you're treating for mites and or we're in a dearth, one or the other. There's not enough yeah. resources. Yeah. But like you said, we're in it. And what happened is the rain stopped. The rain stopped. So, yeah. So even though you see things blooming, right, they may not actually be producing much in nectar because yes, plants can't produce nectar if they don't have enough water in the ground for them to do that. So exactly. Uh, so yeah, so I'm seeing I, I I saw a robbing incident in action, and so what you know like when you see that when you see a robbing situation happening on one of your hives, what are the things you can do? Well, you'll see a lot of commentary on that in the different um, groups. Um, but one of the things you can do is take a sheet, wet it down, and throw it over the hive, and and you and what is that supposed to do? Well, it's all about trying to contain the pheromone scents that are being put off and also the honey scent. Uh, You're also changing the way the hive looks. So it might help confuse the bees a little bit. Um, I actually took the sheet that I got wet and I have some soap that smells really strong of just pine. And so I actually put some of that soap in the water a little bit to wet that down just because it has a strong odor you'll hear people actually use um like menthol rubs and stuff like that to put on the hives to kind of right it's anything with a kind of a strong odor as long as it's not anything that actually will harm the bees you're just trying to cover up the scent so i threw the sheet on and then uh, because I wanted to pull the bees away from that food source i actually went and set up um, a public you know, a, a feeding station for all the bees. Cause I'm just, I don't want to pull them to another hive. I want to pull them completely away. And you'll hear a lot of 
people talk about adverse situations. It, it, it creates robbing situations when you put out open feed or kind of stuff. I've not personally seen that and had that be an issue, not with, not, not with the actual feeders, not with um, actual syrup feeders. Now I, I think it might be a little different when you start getting into uh, people putting out like wet honey frames. So I did the wet, I did the wet sheet I did the feeding station and then I went and actually got my smoker going and put it out there and kind of did a little bit of smoking the entire area to kind of calm everything down. So those are the three things I did in the situation I had. Now you, you had a little bit of robbing and we were going to talk about this wet honey, putting wet frames out. Well, I'm just, I was just going to say that, you know, for your scenario, it works for you. So people that are listening, my point is, you know, you have to have, in order to do something like what you just did, you have to have a little bit experience behind your belt, knowing what to do, what it looks like, if it was a good idea, if it's not a good idea. Most general blanket statement is like, you shouldn't be community feeding. Yeah. However, I know in your experience, you've got a lot of years behind you and you have a certain situation going on in your house. It worked for you. So again, this is all, I mean, there is no right or wrong. It's all about what works best for you. So I, I did open feeding in the very early spring because I couldn't get into my hives and I wasn't sure if they were running out of resources. The last thing I wanted them to do was to starve. So I put it out. And of course, it's such an early, it's early in the spring. There was no sort of robbing kind of situation. So it mm -hmm. worked for me at that time. Right. Now, um, so people that are listening, I just want, especially if you're a new beekeeper, please do not go out and community feed during your first year. <laughs> I think get a few years under your belt and then you can decide if you want to, you know, have an experiment and, and see if it's for you. Yeah. The only thing that I thought of, you know, with community feeding, and even though I know this, I'll still make decisions at certain times to maybe do open feeding when I feel the time is right. But I want you to know it's sort of like a COVID spreader party. Yeah, you, you have know? to you have to weigh the pros and cons of it. You definitely have to weigh yeah. the pros and cons of it, why you're doing it, what's going on. Um, you have to be a little careful when you're in dearth, putting things like a honeybee healthy in your sugar syrup and then putting Oh, them, I wouldn't do that at all. And putting them on your hives because oh, on the hives, yeah. Well, be, well, you have to be careful about it being very strong because that sure. can attract other bees because I have seen that instigate robbing toward a hive. Depends how your internal syrup feeder is. Syrup you know? feeders are set up. Yes, that makes a difference too. So you have to like your feet, like, so my syrup feeders, I don't think I, the ones I have that go on the top of my hives, they're an open pan that I just open up the top of the hive and pour and into. And therefore there's and so exposure. It's, you're seeing the exposure. So when it gets warm, it's actually, you can actually smell it. It's really strong. And so right. those feeders are not like, they're not something I'm going to put own during dearth and have that strong scent because that will attract robbers to those hives. So I do not want to use those in that situation. So you have to really kind of look at what you're doing, why you're doing it. Is it going to help you or hurt you? And some of that is experience. Um, but like you feed in jars, like basically mason type jars that have the little holes in the lid. So it's a trickle feed. And you have an attic on top of your hives. You know, you have that where box, they sit in there. Yeah. And they you turn them upside down. So you don't have that open space no. where it's being permeated no. by that no. scent. No. no. And so that is a better situation. So if you're putting Honeybee Healthy in there, which we like to use that because it does a couple of things. It 
it, it we we believe it does a couple of things. One of the things that we believe it does is we actually think it is uh, it promotes better health in your bees. And the other thing is it does is it acts as a preservative for the sugar syrup. Of course, they're going through it so fast right now. That's not a big deal. But in times when they're not, you're doing a large quantity. It doesn't quantity, matter because it does help. It, yeah. in the heat, when you have too much heat, you know, and those addicts get very yeah, hot in hot. there. Um, you know, even though I'm making my own, I have a recipe for making my own honeybee healthy. Yep, yep I do as well. And And so I'm using that. But what I'll see is that, and again, it's not really happening now because it is dropping, the temperatures are dropping than it was, yeah. you know, a month ago. Um, but when it's real, real hot, those can ferment and get real bad real quick. Well, and so you're, absolutely, adding... you're absolutely correct with that because even me saying that and thinking, you know, when <laughs> I'm from the South, I drink sweet tea. Thus, we have right. a tea about bees. Right. <laughs> we drink tea. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. But uh, when I, when I. I can tell when I drink sweet tea occasionally, if the tea has sat for too long, I can tell yes. that the sugar has started to go bad and it, and the heat, it doesn't take that long. Right. So, so the preservative that it adds to keep, keep it good while they take time to right. eat it is, is as another worthwhile benefit. Right. Of it. So the thing that I do just to be clear for all the viewers that are listening to what I do and I do feel for myself, it works out great. Um, you know, obviously I was a beginner um, a few years ago. So I'm, this is my fourth season going in, but I've always used um, the trickle feeding with the glass jar with the little um, lid holes in them. And then that, and then that sits like you, like you said, in the attic. But what I do is I have the pint size jars. I have the smaller jars. Because I know that you can put the bigger jars on there and you can put one big giant mm -hmm. jar on there, but that's more liquid in more one container. And I don't feel like, you know, that's the best solution for me. So I like to have smaller amounts. Yes, it's more laborious. I'll have to go in there, you know, every couple of days and go in there and check on everything to, um, you know, with the heat and so on, if I see anything that doesn't look right. Um, even if the syrup is good in the jar, the empty yeah. part of the jar, sometimes it'll, you'll start to see kind of like black kind of going in. It helps in you that monitor because you're, yeah. you're having to change it out more quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. not letting it sit on there and things right. happen with it. So that's, and, a, it's a good reason. Right. And the other thing is I have enough room to put two jars. And I like that because if you're trickle feeding, it's just, it's not a lot. And a lot of times the bees, they will, um, they'll plug up some of the other holes. They don't want a ton of it coming in. Mm -hmm. They only want like a little bit. So maybe four or five holes are open. So really they're not going to get that much out of there. You know, it, it'll take more time, but I just see so many bees there. So I put two jars in there. And then even if one is empty, there's always at least one that's full. Because you do, one will run out before the other. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of an emergency. But again, you can't smell it. It's not, you know. It's more enclosed. It's, it's, it's less absolutely. Issue. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, if I were starting beekeeping now and I were looking at what kind of setups I would use, I would, I would have definitely started with that setup because it is a really good setup and it's a good setup right. for a new, for a new beginner. Right. For a backyard new beekeeper, that's what, it, you know, again, it's a whole different story. And you're also a different story. Because, you know, I have what, six, maybe I'll have seven hives, but you will have, you know, anywhere from 10, 12, 15, 18. I mean, it, you kind of, yeah. you have the range and that is a lot of labor work. So, you know, 
it's 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 a lot for me last year with seven hives. I was like running every night. I was having to change those syrup feeders. And we were talking about it last year because we're this episode is really about robbing. And, you know, you were saying, I can't get into my hives. I can't get into my hives. So we have a solution for that. I've I've come up with it this year because um, this year um, we've we've been great the whole entire year, even though as soon as honey flow was over, you know, both knocked them down to the single tiniest little baby hole um, that we have. Mm-hmm. And because one, because one it, was, in, one it, was, out. it was so bad last year that we just were like, okay, this year and we're getting on top of this early. We're closing these hives up. We're making them a little bit tighter so that, that they can protect themselves a little bit easier. Um, we were lucky this summer. We had enough, we've had enough rain that we haven't seen like the robbing incidents that we had last year, but, but still, reducing those entrances, making it easier for them to protect what they have is always a good idea once your actual honey flow is over. Well, last year I did put the small one on because my mentor, Ellen, she advised she told me. You. Yeah. Early. Yeah. She's like, you need it oh, like a week before a week before honey. And, flow she was ends. R- and she was right on it too. She was right on it because my issue was not so much the robbing at that point. It was robbing of the mason, I'm excuse me, the carpenter bees. I had (laughs) a crazy amount of carpenter bees. And it was like, every day I was, you know, I would see not me killing any of them. The bees were um, killing at least 10 or 12 a day in front of two or three hives. And I was like, geez, Lord. And I think what happened, we just had, you know, a ton of them around here and they were so hungry that they were coming in to try to get into the beehives. Had I had just the three inch opening, which is, you know, not a huge amount opening, but they would have been able to get in there because they have before in my okay. lives. And okay. then you'll notice that some of the, they're acting all weird. And I was like, what is going on? Well, I didn't realize there was a carpenter bee inside until <laughs> later that that's why they were all upset. So the thing is, is to really be one with your bees and, you know, your backyard beekeeper, I can say this get to know your bees, you know, that first year, you don't know anything. So you're just kind of trying to observe as much as you possibly can to see what's normal. And then if you're observing them a lot, you'll notice when something doesn't look normal Mm -hmm. and go like, wait a minute, they don't act like this at this time of the day, or why are they all underneath here? So one of the things let's, let's talk about signs of robbing. So the first thing we have to know is when you're in a dearth, and that is when you don't see a lot of rain, and things are kind of drying up, that means like like you said, even if you see the flowers and the plants that are there, they may not be offering nectar because we haven't had a lot of rain. Right. So bees are going to start to be really hungry. Now, you and I have two different scenarios. You had honey on your hives, but you don't treat. So some hives are weaker than others. For me, I was treating mites. So I pulled all the honey supers off. And that was fine when they were in a trickle feed um, of syrup coming in and trickle of, of natural nectar resources coming in, they were all fine. So when I had to go add back honey after um, I pulled off the app of our, after I pulled off the app of our strips and I waited my two weeks, I wanted to checkerboard a honey super on. Now I will reserve back in the house. I have another four frames per each hive. So I'm going to have a super on each hive completely capped out for them so that they have that resource. And, you know, I was saying before in the podcast that you should have a super of honey 
um, for every deep box of bees that you have. But we're here in the South. And I remembered that truly they didn't go through everything. A lot of them. I mean, some of them did. Yes. Um, did go through the, through the two supers, but that's more for the North, I think. And I, you know, I'm reading a lot and not, and, and having some experience. So I'm still a work in progress. So I can only give you my own experience in this, you know, but with that being said, I'm going to try this year, um, just one super because, you know, they are reducing themselves down into a box. Um, now mind you, when I went into winter last year, several, um, of my hives were two deeps of bees still in November 1st. And I was like, okay, <laughs> then you need more, more, you know, honey supers. But anyways, this year we're going to try the one super, see how that does. And, um, so I checkerboarded and I had to go out and I, you know, I brought the box out and I put the box on and I was pulling frames and putting them in and, there was no issue. So great. Those are two hives. I go to the next two hives, which, which I have six hives and they are being staggered to another week later, another two, another two. So two weeks later, I went into the other one, the other two, and it was another drama, major <laughs> drama because now we were in the dearth. Yep. And so, you know, I took off the inner cover and I put the super back on and I started to checkerboard the frames inside with the capped frames and the extracted frames and bees from the yard were all coming over there. And I was like, work really quick. And I closed everything up and I went to the next hive and I worked really quick and I closed everything off. And before I knew it, there was a robbing situation going on. There were just bees everywhere around those two hives. They were trying to go underneath the roofs. They were trying to go under the bottom floors. They were sniffing around, you know, the two boxes where they were, you know, on top of each other. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you know? So I got my smoker. I went out there. I smoked everything. I took a blower. I kind of blew around a little bit. I don't have, I have an electric blower, so it's not like but it's not I'm like a, that. you're not like, yeah, it's have, not like a hurricane conditions out there. <laughs> well, and it, and it allows me to like just barely press and yeah. then it just kind of goes poof very lightly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I did that and, you know, okay, I turned my back and then I had to switch out my screened inner covers to the full inner covers um, for another two hives that were in that same Avery. And so I did that and it was, I did it very quick, obviously. But then a minute later, I looked and it's like everybody was trying to rob everybody. <laughs> I just saw bees everywhere kind of going around. And I saw some bees fighting. Now, mind you, because I did have the tiny little hole, they are much better at protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. But you still don't want to have them duking it out because you're going to lose bees, you know? Yeah. So I had to, as an emergency, I had on my bee cart, I had the robbing screen. So I'm going to say I did a lot of research on robbing screens. And I was listening to Honeybee Sweet. She wrote an article on it, that every year she would have episodes. And she just said, as soon as honey flows over, she puts the bee smart um, robbing, robbing screens, screens on, all of her, on all of her hives. And she has never had another issue ever since. Okay. And I think that's pretty good. You know, so I put that um, screen on and mind you, um, it has 
a larger hole up at the top than a tiny little hole at the very bottom. But robbers aren't trying to come in. They're trying to go in right through the front door. So they're a little confused when you have that robbing screen on. And then I threw sheets on two of them. Um, and then I threw towels on the roofs just to disguise them, you know? Yeah. And um, within 24 hours, all settled back down. So now I waited another. Oh, let's talk about another issue that happened. So I had, um, I had extracted frames, a lot more extracted frames that I had just done the night before. So on the next door neighbor's property is vacant right now. I put my wagon there with my open box of um, extracted frames. Mm -hmm. And so that the bees could all go over there and clean them, get away and clean them up and get away from what was going on. That did not work for (laughs) <laughs> and it didn't work for me because it seemed to make them go nutso. Yeah. That when they ran, when they ran out of supplies, that then they were going on every single body's door looking to where they could rob them. And that's exactly what they say. They say yeah. that, um, that if you, again, I've had every spectrum. I've done it where I've had no issue. Well, I've done it where I've I've put wet frames out and not had a problem at all. And typically, I actually do extraction pretty early in the season. I usually do my, I actually do my first extraction during the flow and then put wet frames back on. Well, I did that too. So they can use it. And so, of course, during that time period, if I put wet frames out, it's not an issue. They don't care. It's It's not like sometimes I can put it out there and they'll completely ignore it because they'd rather go have fresh nectar than they would the honey off of these wet frames. And so, so you just, it, it's the same thing. It's just, you have to be aware of what's going on, you know, in your environment before you do something, because you're going to, you're going to get different reactions depending on what's going on. Again, you know, here's what I like to say. There is no wrong or right. Right. It's, it's about you really knowing your bees, you know, now had I been in the first year, I've either would have never noticed, or I would have completely panicked, you know, right. Right. one or the other. So I would not recommend it doing any sort of community feeding in your first couple of years, because I don't think you're educated enough that your eyes are trained enough that you're experienced enough to really know if you're in trouble or not in trouble, what normal looks like. And that's not, and that's not a bad recommendation. That's absolutely right. I mean, because there's a reason that people recommend against open feeding. There is a reason for that. Right. So the reasons for it are one, when you have bees going out in nature, getting nectar, they're going to come across sometimes another bee in that same flower. And so if you're talking about being a mite spreader, that's where if a bee didn't have it and they go next to another bee, that bee has it, that mite then jumps over and piggybacks back when they go back to the hive and it comes back into their hive. So then you have what I considered the COVID spreader is the mite spreader. So I started thinking about because I was watching some program and I was just doing this for my own self. And I was like, you know, that's the only thing is that they're out there and then they're all next to each other and they can really, you know, contaminate each other and you can just make things worse. And then I started to think, I'm like, well, you just got done, you dummy. You just got done treating for mites. And now you put your extracted frames in the middle of <laughs> dearth. You've now 
if you had neighbors or a bees that are not from your property and those bees weren't treated, they could now really reinfect my hives. Even though you're always going to have mites in your hive, I don't need to like push the population up. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So it was kind of, a, in my opinion, for what, for me, that was stupid. Again, like you just said, you're extracting early on. I've kind of lagged because it's so much work. When you start having me. a lot coming in, it's a lot of work. I just, I've been, you know, this is my first year having honey. I'm not sure of the flow of the workflow. You know, yeah. there's a workflow. Yeah. And I kind of was like, after putting everything in the freezer and taking everything out of the freezer and taking everything off the hives and putting the, the, the things there, I was exhausted. I wanted a break. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know what? I actually don't want to extract anything right now because if I extract anything, then those frames are wet i can't just put them back out in the yard because i'm in the middle of mite treatment and i could put them on the hive but now i'm gonna if i did do that the treatments aren't going to be correct mm -hmm. um and yeah, i'm going to be spreading that medication into those things where i'm going to put honey again so we so you can't do that so yeah. i just left it all in a, you know a basement room mm -hmm. and then i started to have honey crystallized because I had a lot of honey in another big next door and um, it got to be like 68 degrees down there, 65, 68, 65. Yep. And it's not good for honey. <laughs> no, it'll start. It crystallizes faster. When so it's, it crystallizes yeah. faster. So I'm like, oh no, every, all the honey now needs to go into the sunroom where I really don't put the air conditioning. It gets and it stays around 80 degrees, 75, 80, 85, whatever, something like yeah. that. It stays nice and warm in there. So I've learned a lesson because um, I had the big five gallon things right next to the vent where the AC is. <laughs> and you those were really guys, chilling your honey. <laughs> I was really chilling that. And I was like, it's such a convenient, just right underneath that little table, taking into account that the air conditioning vent is right there. Yeah. So lesson learned. Won't do that next year. And now I know, but the, but now I've got to really hustle because I've got around a hundred frames left and um, I have to really start extracting now because the, nothing's going to flow <laughs> out no. of the frames. No, <laughs> they're not, you know, now I was worried those had crystallized. None of those are crystallized. They're all, they're all good. Awesome. But the thing is, is that um, our, our temperatures are dropping. So week, every single night, I'm going to have to be slaving and, you know, just to even do 16 takes me like two hours. Yeah. It's not fast. It's not a fast thing to do. No, I mean, I'm taking fork, 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 fork. And I have, you know, the parrot stands in that same room. So I have to move the parrot stands. I clean everything up, bring the, the extractor over, do that, la, la, la. And then every 16 frames is about 60 pounds for me. That's what yeah. I'm getting off. So I'm like, Oh my God, I have a hundred frames left. This is going to be a nightmare. Now, I mean, for me, it's a nightmare, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, well, anyway, you know that honey that you wanted for years. Well, you, you have it now. <laughs> I have it in spades. I have it in spades, but I still, you know, it's funny. It's like, I want to sell, but I'm like, well, let me just get it all. Let me see. I think that's, there's you something. You want to hoard it a little bit because it took you so long to get it. I, 
I think there's something like in my brain that is like, you know, unless I see it all extracted and all like in jars and I'm like, oh my God, this is way too much. I don't need it all. But what I was doing is I was just extracting as I needed stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, I don't have to sell it, eh, whatever. But then when I saw really how much 16 frames produced, I was like, holy Molly, that is a lot of honey left. You need to go out and buy way more buckets than you think you did, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. I mean, for the amount of times that my bees have um, um, swarmed this year and the amount of honey that we have. But again, we had a really great. We had a great season. season. At least yeah. we did. Anyways. We had, some yes, people didn't, we but did. we did. So We did. We had great. But anyways, going back to the robbing. So again, here's my um, here's my tips which is basically if they're not going through the front door and everything looks normal and you see bees going underneath the hive, that can still be normal. But what you'll see is they'll be trying to go through. Now I just um, recorded some video of what happened when I did my last two hives. So I was a little bit smarter this time. What I did is I took my, my honey super while I had, I put that in the house and I checker, I pre checkerboarded the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then I put it on, and this was your tip that you gave me, which was you take a um, a baking sheet that has yeah. like a rim around yeah. it. And I had those commercial size ones. Yeah. And I have a big baking rack, uh, commercial baking rack as well. So I have tons of those. So I took that out. I put my honey super on. I checkerboarded. And then I put a cover on the top and then a blanket on top of that. And then I put that on the back of my golf cart. That's my B-Mobile. <laughs> and I went out to the hive. And so nobody was the wiser that it was on the, you know, on the back of my golf cart. So then I took off the inner cover and I puff, puff sprayed. I did this time. I didn't knock off the bees that are on the back of the inner cover because it created too much drama. Yeah. So I just, so I, I don't need any drama. I need everyone to stay calm, stay calm. <laughs> And so I just leaned that up against the front hive, gave a little puff right there. And then I unblanketed, put it on, put the cover back on and sealed it all back. (laughs) It was so quick. And so I was like, zoom, zoom, zoom. And (laughs) and, um, what I did, I noticed right after I was done, that area that's between the two boxes there's a little tiny, tiny, tiny little amount of space right there. Okay. And there were bees just kind of going under the hood, trying to get around on this. I said, Oh no, no, you don't. So I have, it's not painter's tape, but I recommend everyone getting the cheap painter's tape. I got pretty color tape that matches the boxes, which is totally stupid because you just, who cares? <laughs> anyway, I, I've had it for four years, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> this is before I, I knew what I was really doing. I was like, oh, it's only this much money. Oh, it's fine. And I didn't realize how much I was going to be using that stuff. But anyway, you can just take painter's tape, but then I just sealed the whole thing with tape so that they couldn't smell in between. Yeah. And then I just put a towel over the top just so like they just can't smell nothing. Yeah. And, and, um, and then I gave a little puff and I left the inserts in. now I have screen bottom boards. I put, I left the inserts completely in and then I went back a few hours later and then opened the the window a little bit for them. You know, now yeah. again, we're not in like a hundred degree heat either. It's like 85 at this yeah. point. So yeah. the bees are totally fine, but that just eliminated the drama. And then I did the same thing for the one next door 
And again, I had to do the tape around there. And I looked at the other two hives to see if they were set off and they didn't, they were none the wiser. So we were golden. You were were golden. (laughs) Yeah, you were good. I was golden. Now, the only, the only thing that I did do is those, um, those commercial frames, uh, commercial, um, uh, baking sheets. There was baking sheets that they did drop the frames when they were sitting on them did drop honey on them. Yeah. So then I, when I went back to the bee mobile, I was like, okay, there's bees on those already. So I just took those and I put them one on the neighbor's property. That's one as on the edge of my property. And there was no drama. So see that that was fine because it wasn't like a ton of it wasn't a it wasn't a lot of stuff. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, exactly. So just a few bees went there. There was no drama the whole day. Everything was fine. Came back that night and, you know, washed everything off and brought it back in the house. So that was okay. But we talked about trying to go earlier in the day when the bees are busy. Right now, the bees are um, busy bringing pollen in the morning. So while they're busy doing that, it's the time they're still not totally safe. So we were talking about what time is a good time to go for the they're they're also, it's also cool enough that they're not, they're not as active. And so when you go in the mornings, when they're not as active, there's not as many bees out, like searching things out as there are later in the day when it starts getting warmer. So it does make a huge difference getting in there earlier in the day than it does getting in there later in the day. But you got to watch the temps though. So for you me, have to watch, it has to do with the temps. It has to do with the temps. Right. The be pissed off if you're opening up the hive at 64 degrees, even though it's not bad for you to open up the hive at 64, they're not going to be happy with you. <laughs> I need to be doing that. So I waited till it was 70 plus. Now I could have gone in at 10 o'clock and I ran a little bit late, so I didn't get there until 11, but I was only doing, I only did those two hives. I was in and out within an hour, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just not me being on the hive, but just me from like the time I left my house and I put the bee suit on. And by the time I cleaned up and went back in there, that whole process took me an hour. So that was good. I was really pleased with that scenario. But again, that was because it was still earlier in the day where they were busy bringing that pollen in. And yet it was warm enough yeah, that, that, you could, um, you didn't, you that I could, that they weren't going to get mad at me. You know, because yeah. earlier I looked at like eight thirty, nine o'clock and it was like 64 degrees. And I was like, mm, that's great for me, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I know, I, I know my bees, if it's not s- super sunny on their hive, then if there's any kind of shade still there, they're not happy with me, you know? So again, get to know what your normal is. What yeah, do your bees see, what, see if it works. If it doesn't bother them and you can get in there and it's not a problem, then that's fine. You know, we just, we try to be careful about chilling brood. Um, but, but, you know, we've had, you know, I think, I, I think it has to be pretty chilly for you to chill brood. If you're pulling, if you're opening up a hive, I mean, I wasn't pulling, I mind yeah, you, I wasn't you're not pulling, pulling anything out. So I'm not pulling anything out, but even though I've had experience with my bees, that if it was cool out or overcast, and you've had that same experience. Yeah, with they, my can bees be a, because, they can be a little bit like, no, we don't like you right now. <laughs> don't you've don't seen come them. in our house. Don't come in you've, our house. <laughs> you've seen them on a warm day, yeah. but it was cloudy. Yeah. And they attacked you. Yeah. They were not happy. <laughs> and, yeah. And those were my bees. So I was like, okay. They, so you know my genetics are like, my bees don't do that. I go, Mom, yeah, my bees. They don't like crummy weather. My bees are are moody. They're like, do not <laughs> talk to us. Do not look at us if there's clouds in the sky. 
we're we're not going to be okay with that. So I take that with if the hive is still in um, real morning shade and it's 64 degrees, I don't need to be causing myself drama. I'll wait an extra half hour. Yeah. Yeah. There and yeah. If you can do it and it doesn't call and it, it keeps you from having all the drama, then absolutely do what works Whatever. for you. Exactly. Do so what that's works the, for you. Exactly. So at the end, what is my, my real recommendation is get to know your bees, really pay attention to what's normal for your bees. And remember, everyone has different genetics. We're all running a bunch of mutts here. So, you know, some personalities, some personalities can yes. be really different. Each hive can have its own personality. Yeah. One of the other things that people talk about is a lot of people when they're first starting beekeeping, they have a hard time telling if what's going on in front of their hive is robbing. Yeah. So, exactly. so how do you, how do you tell if robbing is going on? Well, because there's a lot of times, like if you have a lot of bees that, um, that come out and like they're like the brood all hatches out like around the same time, you can have a lot of bees at the front of your hive and you can be like, oh my gosh, why are there so many bees in front of my hive? Well, you can look at them and they do this like figure eight pattern. And, exactly. And, and that's not robbing. That is orientation flights. And you'll see that sometimes in the afternoon. And Figure then, eights. And then you have a lot of bees that are coming home. I like to call it like five o'clock rush hour because it doesn't yeah. happen like at five o'clock. I always say that. Yeah. You'll have a lot of bees coming in at like that time. And so the end of the you, day, you can be out there and you go, oh, is this robbing? Is that robbing? So one of the real signs of knowing that you've got robbing going on is for one thing you can pay is paying attention to your weather. So obviously there's more potential for robbing when you're in dearth and it's dry and then you will see bees in the front of your hive doing what we call bawling and that's where they're like a, they're fighting each other and rolling around so you know that you've got so some you'll situations find there you'll have robbers right. trying to get in if you see that going on um you will see them really hug wait i just want to just say i wanted to insert the the bawling so that someone knows what bawling is it's literally two bees it can be more but more generally when it's just starting it's two bees you'll see them rolling around together they're mm -hmm. not being friendly mm -hmm. they're trying to sting each other mm -hmm. so when you see that you know that's going on yeah. but i think to be uber clear if it's just where you see a lot of commotion going on at the front door you're probably okay it's where you see bees sniffing around between the boxes underneath the hood kind of going underneath the hive when maybe they're not normally underneath the hive. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of thing. And then with the combination of the bees fighting, mm -hmm. and it may not be a lot, maybe it's just one look at the front look and it's hard. Like you said, if it's grass underneath mm -hmm. for me, I have, you know, cement blocks I can mm -hmm. see, but you can try to see that way. But, and, and some of this is what is why experience is so helpful is because mm -hmm. you know what you're looking at once you've seen it enough. But as a new beekeeper, sometimes it can be hard to tell exactly what's going on. But your two biggest things that you can look for is whether there's enough moisture out, you know, for them to be producing nectar. Or Very, very true. So dry, hot weather is prime time for robbing. Robbing. And then just seeing if there are actually a lot of fighting going on at the front of your hive. So those are kind of two things that are, are more definite things that you can look at yeah. to watch for. Uh, but it can be difficult. It can be difficult to tell if you're a new beekeeper. Well, you know, four years in, I'm going to, I have this conclusion. You are always going to have a robbing scenario the minute that the nectar resources dry up. 
And if it's not neighbors, it's your own other hives that are yeah, coming yeah. in. And more than likely, most of the time, it's the other hives. You know, there, there seem to be like, oh, I smell honey over here. I see you're coming back. Are you got something? Are you weak enough that I can bully you? Yeah. You know, whatever. Or if you're a really strong hive, like you had this experience where you go, I have a really strong hive who had a lot of resources on them mm -hmm. and they were getting robbed. Yeah. And it's because they had so much resources on them that the yeah. weaker bees were like, yeah, we want what you got. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So other hives came in and yeah. And, and basically I lost that hive because that hive had more honey on it than any of my other hives. I had left it on during dearth. Was that um, last year? It was last year. Yeah. And then I, had the I didn't get to it in time to pull it. And then we hit that dearth so early and, and you had the large opening too. You and I had, have... the, I didn't have my openings reduced and that right there, those are, that's a scenario for, bad things. <laughs> that's right. just yeah, a scenario yeah. for bad things. But you know what, we can take that. And that's what I want everyone, you know, to kind of know, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to, you know, most people are going to do the best that they can. But the thing is, when you're new in beekeeping, it's not to take a relaxed approach. Like, oh, well, I, I can't get to because I'm busy, I'll try to get to it next week. In the first couple of years, you really need to stay on top of what exactly is happening because those bees really do need you to pay attention. They need support. You need to be on top of your game for making sure you get those reduced entrances um, going on. You know, years passed, and we talked about that before. All the old timers, a lot of them just left their entire reducers completely off and yeah. just allowed everything to come in. And then, you know, they have a hundred hives. They have 50 hives. They didn't get back to wherever. And so some of their hives got robbed and well, they got so many, it doesn't really matter. But if you only have two hives, don't follow that program. <laughs> that's really not going to work for you, you know? But that's what a lot of times when we go to these beekeeping meetings, you'll listen to, you know, old timers, you know, that will say, I just leave everything open. Don't worry about it. It's all good. So the new beaker comes, the new beginner beekeeper comes in and they don't put a reduce and then they wonder what happened and why they got robbed or whatever, you know? Yeah. But um, anyways, I think that's, you know, the gist of it is, is protect, know what's your normal. And the way that you know that is to go out there often and kind of just watch your bees, just kind of, I remember the first two years, we just would go out there and have a cup of tea later on in the day when they're coming home from work, I have a cup of wine, you know, <laughs> and just sit out there and hang with them. And they got used to me. I mean, I wasn't like sitting at the entrance with my head there, yeah. you know, but I was, you know, sitting in a chair, not too far away and they were busy. They could care less about me. Yeah. Now, mind you, I probably am not going to do that. I've tried that during dearth, not realizing it was dearth to just sit out there. And that eventually, so one, good. <laughs> eventually I hear one beep, and I'm like, oh, I'm out because <laughs> I'm not protected. You know, I'm just sitting yeah. there with nothing. So I'm well, like, yeah, I don't need to get popped. And you talking about that. Here's another thing about dearth that I can tell that we're in dearth is when I go outside, like normally I can go outside my house and I never see the bees unless I go out to the hives. You know, I might right. see them on my flowers here and there, Sure, but I don't really see the bees. Well, Right now, if if even if I walk out, so my bees are in the back. So if I walk out my front door, I have bees everywhere. They are searching. They are everywhere. Yeah. They're they're at my yeah. front porch. They're coming yeah. and checking me out because they're curious. They're like, do you yep. have something? They're in my plants buzzing around. They're at my windows. I mean, they are uh, they are everywhere. So I know I know that they are looking. And that right there is also a scenario, a setup for robbing because if they're looking that hard. 
you know that they need food. So the place they're going to go to is another hive because they can obviously take food away from somebody else to have it. Right. So I actually, <laughs> I actually had to go out earlier today and I had to cover the fan of my central heat and air unit oh, because did you? they were buzzing around the central heat and air unit fan and some of them had gotten sucked in. And of course, oh. of course, then they started releasing pheromones that, you know, that like that happened of, last year to you too. It did. It did. Yep. And, and I moved my, pl- I moved my flowering plants away from it. Cause I thought, okay, if I don't have anything flowering plants right there close to it, there won't be an issue. Well, they're really looking around right now. I mean, they're everywhere. And so obviously they got close enough to it that some got sucked down into it. And when they did, they started releasing pheromones. So I had to, they were really mad right at my back door where my central heat and air unit is. And so I had to go out there and I started, I have some uh, natural like mosquito repellent. I think it's like, um, it's got rosemary and some other things in it, but it's a natural Probably lavender repellent. peppermint. Yeah. yeah. So I, I sprayed that like in the unit. So it was blowing that into the air to help cover the pheromone scent. And, right. then, I, and then I went and got what I used to cover the fan space, you know, so it can still get air in and out, but it's like a finer mesh it's basically like hardware cloth. Yeah. Something well, small. And I lift it up off of it so that basically they can't, can't get sucked into it. And so everything calmed <laughs> down out there, but it was a little bit chaotic there for, um, for a little while. So I know, I know that they're hunting for food. They're hunting for food. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I've heard beekeepers say that before, like they'll have, you know, bees in their backyard and normally, you know, the bees are doing their thing. And then during like, really bad dearth they're in their living room and you know they're watching tv the lights are on and they will my friend in alabama um my beekeeper friend she's like they're all on my sliding door she goes we had to move them from the back of the house then to the side of the house Mm -hmm. because and i think she only had like four hives at this point because she's been remodeling not remodeling They've been building a brand new custom home. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they were in like a little tiny home, um, a little small cottage by the beach there. And she dragged her bees down from Birmingham. And so she was just like, they're just such a nuisance right now, you know? <laughs> and so I've heard, I, so I've heard that before where like, they're going to come. So, and that's an interesting fact. My bees are in my front yard where I really don't hang out. You know, it's not like, like I'm going to be sitting, hanging out there. I'll mm-hmm. do it specifically if I want to hang out with the bees, but I'm not really hanging in the front yard. My backyard is where I really hang out. So, yeah. um, and then I have also the side yard where I don't hang out and they're over there, but they're not back here. In the early morning, I'll go to let out my dogs and I'll see bees that I have not seen back there. They're now looking everywhere. Yep. They're hovering looking. and they're, they're, and they're, they're, they're kind of they're flying looking. around looking, looking. Yep. 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 So when you have had bees and they are in a certain area and all of a sudden they're showing up, that's because they're hung yeah. and neighbors yeah. are talking about their hummingbird feeders being hit. You know? Yeah. I actually had somebody contact me about their hummingbird feeder going, what's wrong? Why are, do I have bees at my hummingbird feeders? And I said, they're hungry. They found it as a food source. I go, you can either leave it up and let them have it. Or you can take it down and just leave it down um, until we get some rain and see if things improve. And then you can put it back up. That'll give them time to forget that it was there. And it'll also hopefully give them an opportunity to have something else out there as a food source besides your hummingbird feeder. But they will come to it once they find it. So the only way, unless you have a 
bird feeder, a hummingbird feeder specifically made to keep bees out, then you have to, um, it's better to take it down for a few days to let them forget the location before you put it back up. Well, you know, that is so funny because last year it was such a fight um, with the hummingbirds because I had syrup inside the hives, two of them for every single hive. They were not, not having anything. Okay. So they had food. Um, obviously there weren't a lot of honey super cause it was their first year. A lot of them was their first year, but I had a regular hummingbird feeder out and they were all over it and the hummingbird would come and get bullied and have to leave. <laughs> yeah. So I had to go out and buy a specific one, um, that is made longer, um, hummingbird noses, you know, yeah. w- uh, what do you call it? You know the word, um, their beaks. Their beaks. Yeah. Their um, beaks that are super long anyway. So it it's made for that. And I had to spend like 70 bucks for the special, you know, hummingbird feeder. And this year I didn't even use it because I'm like, I don't have the energy to keep it up because if you do, if you start feeding, now I have a lot of neighbors around here that are feeding the hummingbirds. So it's not like they don't have any food here. And I do have a couple of plants that they do. They're coming for the plants that I have, but, um, you know, but I see them looking at all of my bird feeders going like, is there something here for me? Is there something here for me? But once they know that you feed them once, they're going to come every day and they want their food. And if you're not there, they literally come to the window staring you down until you give them their food. <laughs> and I just think they're so funny. <laughs> okay, well, we need to kind of finish this up. So I think the only other thing was um, robbing screens. Yes, we think those can be beneficial. Uh, reducing your entrances. Yes, yes, two thumbs up for that. Um, you want to do that before you start going into potential dirt. And that should have already happened. That should have happened a long, time, a long ago. time ago. Yeah. Um, so but just, even with that, you're still going to have issues. So yeah. So you just have to kind of be aware, watch what's going on. You may be wanting to feed. Internal feeding, of course, is the best option. Um, and it somewhat depends on your type of internal feeders, something that's closed up where you can't, where it's not releasing the scent. If you're using Honey Bee Healthy or some other kind of additive would be uh, the better option. Yeah. And and just kind of stay aware of what's going on. But that's what we're seeing right now. Yes. So, and again, a lot of them are starting to swarm sometimes too. So if there's an unhealthy scenario going on, their, their hive got, you know, robbed out. They'll yeah. abscond. Yeah, they'll know, abscond. Too. They'll abscond due to robbing. They'll abscond right. due to robbing as well. Uh, this they'll they'll abscond sometimes due to high mite populations. They'll abscond right. due to robbing, and those kind of situations are typically situations you see this time of year. So those are all things to be on the lookout for. Yeah. Well, I just had a um, I had somebody come here quote for some work to be done and just called me and said, I have a bee question for you. And he discovered um, a swarm had gone into a, a water meter on the ground. Yep. And so he said, do you think I could get them? And I'm, I'm like, yes, you yep. can. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying to get him to go over to um, Zooks. He's in Gallatin and um, get him. Get to... some supplies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, Well, listen, everybody, I wish you all um, a very good end of season. Um, Please protect your bees. Be aware of what's going on and, um, you know, do everything you can. So when it does happen, because it very is likely it's there's going to be a lot of robbing attempts, I think, at this point that you know what the signs are and what you can do. Absolutely. Happy beekeeping. Happy beekeeping. 
That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for joining us and we hope you come back and spend time with us again.